He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a wonderful actress, very talented lady. And Snowfall's fifth season is upon us, and it is excellent, and she is terrific. And it absolutely thrilled to have Angela Lewis here with us today. You know her so many different things, but Snowfall is one of the best shows out there. And uh, it is a must-watch. If you're not watching it, shame on you. It is great. Angela Lewis, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Uh, very, uh, very well on this end too. But I, I'll tell you, you've got to be very excited about uh, about everything with the show. It's it's one of those shows that people are going to be talking about for years, and you're a key player in this. So, um, I I, I got to believe you're very proud of what's going on. I am proud, and it is exciting. You know, not many shows get a chance to go for five years, and. And here we are. And so, yeah, I'm super grateful. And and Louie is a, an exciting character to play. So I get to have fun as I do this. Yeah, a power player uh, for sure. And, well, it, let me ask you this. When you when it first came across you and you, you first looked at either a script or a description or wh- what have you, uh, what was your impression? I mean, did you have... Uh, did you did you have an expectation that's different than what you have now, or is uh, it, I, I mean, did you expect it? To, I mean, who would expect it to go this long? But what uh, what was your expectation? Well, you know, when I first got the my first audition was the scene where Louise watching her stories and she takes off her earrings to go beat up the girl on the porch and <laughs> it was uh <laughs> fun it was a fun scene to do as an audition and then when it looked like i had like a real shot at booking the job i kind of panicked a little bit because i was like how am i going to do this i've never been in a fight in my life how am i going to play this character i don't know anything about this you know um and then i did a, a, a deeper dive into who she was and i just loved her so much and i wanted to pr- protect her and and really allow for her humanity to come through and uh and and it's been super exciting every year and and we get to go deeper into louie and and really pull out you know she has a big vision for herself and you know she's not afraid to to stand up for herself and to speak her mind and to say what she wants and to you know and she's super confident and and i get to step into those shoes and and let that you know affect my real life you know learn how to how to stand up for myself and and be you know you got to be confident in order to play this you know big personality and, and and walk in my power and so that she can walk in hers and it's been a really beautiful journey and and a lot of fun the show is fun and the car- you know the cast is we are family we get along great and we have such a good time so you know it's really kind of the best of all worlds <laughs> well, <laughs> really. let, let me just state the obvious if any if for anyone who's seen that scene or or some of other aunt louis <laughs> uh, situations if you've never been in a fight in your life you're one hell of an actress because boy you uh, you <laughs> Thank people's, you. <laughs> I, i'll tell you what a what a job i mean you must have drawn from somewhere on that uh, you're detroit right are you from detroit 
That's right. I'm from Detroit. Yes. So I, you know, am able to draw from, you know, some of my surroundings growing up and some of my family members and friends. You know, I I have you know pulled from all kind of facets of my life to to play this role. Yeah. Well, it's it's great, and it's one of the it's it's one of these. Um, you know, dramas or, you know, whatever you want to say, crime dramas that, you know, like The Sopranos, like Breaking Bad. I, I mean, it it relies on uh, on on power. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's dirt. You know, it's uh, it's gritty. It's it's all of those things. But it's also lasting. There's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of. But, you know, it's look, comedies are fun and, and, you know, nice shows. People enjoy those. But there's, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot to look at here and there's a lot of depth here. Uh, much different than than maybe anything that you've done before. Am I right? Yeah, well, I tend to I, I've had the opportunity to play a lot of, of uh, varied characters, you know, no, I don't think any two of the characters I've ever played are the same, which I'm super grateful for. And I think, you know, this show allows for the, the grittiness of the drug game, uh, you know, for us as actors and, and then for the audience to kind of lean into and, and enjoy all the, you know, <laughs> the, you know, violence and the crime and the you know that whole fantasy world that's not you know we're pretty steeped in reality with that but you know it's it there's a, a big entertainment factor for sure um but also we lean into the humanity and and of the characters and you know these characters are family you know and and close friends and the writers are really good at um, making us remember that there are real uh, familial ties and loyalties at stake, you know, and that and that is uh, quite fulfilling, actually, and, and that's what allows for hearts to be broken and and for the audience to really be invested in these people. You hit it on the on the head, and I'll tell you what. Uh, congrats on on your performance uh, for Louis. It, it's just it's absolutely terrific and chilling, at disturbing, um, uh, all of the above. But just wonderful uh, acting work here. You should be very proud of all of that. Before I let you go, you, you mentioned you know drawing from from friends and your surrounding or or family members. Uh, you know, with the uh, with the grit and so forth. Uh, is there is there an actor or actress that stands out to you when you think of a character like this that you kind of you know look at? Is there someone you you grew up watching that uh, th- that you can kind of draw from as well? Oh wow! I mean, I don't know about you know, Louis specifically, um, but I certainly draw from other actresses and and their uh, power and and um, nuance Regina King she is I mean at the top of my list <laughs> for sure um, you know I watch Kate Blanchett I watch um, who else do I watch um, um, oh God! So many, so many. Those are two good ones right there. You just said. I mean, they're just two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen. I, I just, 
I'm going to congratulate you again. Thank you for being here. Before you go, do you have a website, social media site, uh, anything that you want to point us to where we could follow along? And if there's anything else that you want to mention uh, along the way, just uh, before you go, give us the websites at least. Sure. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at loveangelalewis, L-U-V, Angela Lewis. And, yeah, that's where I am. Be on the lookout for... My nonprofit, my first program is called Birth Village, and I am um, bringing awareness to the black maternal health crisis and looking to um, see black women not just surviving their births, but, but finding joy and thriving in the birth space. So um, just be on, we're in the middle of our branding and marketing right now. Um, so just be on the lookout. Angela, if you follow me, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. We will, and we'll be talking about you as you go. Uh, congrats on Snowfall and the fifth season, and just, uh, just a great job all throughout. Thanks for being here, Angela. Thank you. Angela Lewis, everyone, what a job she does is, uh, is Louis Franklin's Aunt Louie. Uh, uh, wow. I mean, really a, a gripping, <laughs> uh, gripping performance every time uh, you see her on, on the screen. It, it is great. If, if you're not watching Snowfall and you're looking for something, you've got to watch it. I don't know why you're not watching it if you're not watching it. You just uh, you haven't <laughs> come across it. But, but it's, it's on FX. And it's uh, it's dark, it's uh, it's gritty, but it is absolutely terrific. I mean, you can't say enough. We've had different stars here, and so many, uh, you know, so many uh, people that come on. Uh, they're just they're proud. I, I'll tell you, kudos to the casting people that put this cast together, and and you know, big part of that cast is Angela Lewis. What a job! What a job she has done on Louis and. Again, you could just, uh, you see it. She said she never got into a fight in the line. Uh, It's hard to believe if you've seen it. Uh, It streams on Hulu. Uh, The fifth season is is upon us. And it's an FX series. You can see it all uh, throughout. Uh, Airs on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. And and again, you could see it streaming on Hulu. The, uh, I think the next day. Each of the next day, right after the uh, the performance, that's how they go. FX has it first, and then Hulu gets it the next day. Angela Lewis, and boy, she's uh, yeah, she's done different types of roles, and she's done a nice job. But boy, nothing like this. Nothing like this. It's a drug show, you know. It's a you know, it's a drug show, very much like. Um, well, I'm not going to say very much like uh, Breaking Bad, but it's. You know, it's uh, it's got the same elements. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's drugs and it's uh, it's crime and the uh, the crime that is surrounding it and everything that goes uh, goes along. And the the late Academy Award uh, nominated writer, uh, director John Singleton, created this. And I don't know uh, at at what point he uh, we lost him, but. The um, he created this and they they're, they're running with it and they're doing. Um, you got to believe that he would um, uh, he would uh, very much approve of what they've done with the show. Uh, Snowfall is the name of it. Angela uh, Angela Lewis has been our very special guest. And uh, again, check it out on FX and Hulu the next day. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. 
This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here uh, talking about today, Bachelor in Paradise. And we have Ashley and Jared with us. And you could watch this on ABC, uh, 8 p.m. on uh, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, that is, on Monday and Tuesdays, and uh, also streaming on Hulu. You got to check it out. Uh, and these two guys are the uh, uh, guy and gal, I should say. These two folks are, are a big reason why uh, everyone should be uh, uh, kind of tuned in to what they're doing. Ashley and Jared, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, listen, thrilled to have you, Ashley. Let me start with you. Uh, give us a give us a rundown. Uh, what what were your expectations coming into uh, to everything, and and how is it turning out compared to what those expectations were? Well, Jared and I really went down relatively blind because we were the first married couple to ever get to experience paradise and <laughs> stay overnight. Uh, so we just thought that, you know, we would be part of the cast. We didn't know how involved we would be or if it would be like back in the old days, they'd wake us up and we'd grind through the day and, and talk on beach beds. But it was uh, fantastic. It was truly like a little vacation for us. And we got to watch the drama unfold like a soap opera in front of our eyes in live time. Yeah. So we were really just fans. Yeah. We were like, all right, guys, can we go down there? and do whatever we want and wake up at 10 and then go to bed at 10 <laughs> and then have our own bathroom in AC. And then FaceTime and, our son who's just trying to talk. Yep, <laughs> and then FaceTime our son who is unfortunately not going to be able to come because he doesn't have a passport yet. <laughs> they're like, yeah, sure. And we're like, wow, this, I, you, that sounds like paradise. We're on our way. I was going to say, it sounds like you're not alone and your son's uh, the son's in the back. Uh, is, is that the issue? And again, I'll turn to, uh, to uh, Ashley on this. Is that the issue? You can't bring him because he doesn't have a passport? Truly, that was the reason we couldn't bring him. It turned out to be a blessing in disguise sure. for sure. We definitely needed the vacation and we did it in a couple time, the quality time. And we, we didn't know how much we needed it until we had it. Um, it, it was crazy. We were going to keep him not down in the actual paradise, like on the beach, but at the hotel that we all stay at before going to the beach. And that's that that's a Vendanta. I was going to have my mom and my sister come and babysit him. But yeah, we couldn't get a passport within like the 10 days of notice that we got. So it's all good. It all worked out. It was wonderful. Next time he'll come down with us if they ever ask us back, which we'd be absolutely honored. Uh, and he will come and see where his parents met and got engaged. And it'd be cool. He's Jared, got a passport now. Yeah. Uh, Jared, let me turn to you. Uh, your son's not really missing anything because he, he's not going to remember any of this. Uh, but uh, but it's right. I mean, how old is he at this point? He's eight months. Isn't that sad? I don't yeah. know if you have kids when you realize, like, how much love, effort, and passion you put into a baby, and you're like, you're just not going to remember any of this, bro. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, listen, uh, uh, sticking with you, Jared, uh, the the idea of uh, of this show, uh, kind of give us a, uh, a rundown of how you first heard about all of this, uh, how you first got involved. Um, what was uh, what was the expectation you had uh, before getting involved in all of this, and how how much different was it in reality? Uh, it was great. A friend of mine signed me up to be on the show many many moons ago, and then that's when I met Ashley, and we actually started dating off the show, and then had the opportunity to get back on the show and get engaged. It's a long story, but honestly, it was my expectations going into 
the show initially was none. I was like, I can't believe this is happening, so I'm going to go with an open mind. I remember I was, I felt like I was almost sent home night one because I was the final rose. And then while waiting for the rose, or at the time, just waiting to be sent home, I was coming up with all these excuses pretty much. It was like, oh, it was fun to go to the mansion, and I, I made it on national TV, and then I got the final rose, and then fast forward to when you I met Ashley. final rose, babe. Or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> final rose of the evening. I got the final rose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But well, then my expectations mm-hmm. for coming into this season of Paradise with Ash, once again, was zero expectations. Just like them calling us and inviting us down was, you know, great enough. The fact that we got to go down there and go on a date and hang out and meet all the new cast and have some, you know, alone time with Ashley and myself, which is something we don't get a lot of right now between the business, Dawson, and us. Actually, we just moved two times in the past seven months. It's a long story. But um, it was really nice. It was great. So no expectations. So everything far exceeded far exceeded my expectations because everything was blissed. Uh, Ashley, uh, let me turn to you. And uh, not often does a TV show, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that, right? But not often does a TV show result uh, in creating another person. And you got a perfect little uh, person out of uh, out of this. Well, and, and I'm not uh, I'm not talking about Jared. I'm sure, like the rest of us, he, he's got his imperfections, as you do and everyone else. But you got a perfect little person there, uh, eight months old. And uh, yeah. not not often. Uh, does that happen from a from a TV show? You've got to be thrilled with how all of this turned out. It's absolutely beyond our wildest dreams. I went on the show and I was like, oh, "It'll be an experience." Uh, I I I'd be blessed. I mean, like I can't imagine. But like, if I meet somebody out of this, that would be great. But yeah, I, I don't believe it was my husband and then my baby and like now like our entire world has really been the foundation of it has been business-wise and like family-wise has just been around meeting on the show and it's it's just mind-blowing we were so insanely blessed and neither ashley or i had expectations of having a baby because of that like i look at him and i'm just like you know that like you would be here if it weren't for like mom and dad signing up for their respective (laughs) seasons it's just so insane so crazy yeah, it's uh, it, it, cra- crazy is right, but cra- a good crazy. This is a good crazy. Uh, Jared, uh, let me turn to you. When you see uh, the other guys down there, when you see the, uh, the the new participants in there, do you get it? Can you tell at this point who's going to enjoy the experience, who's going to be good at this type of thing, who's going to be comfortable with the, the attention? Um, or is it is it too hard, or is it too small a sample size to see who uh, who would shine in this kind of light? You can get a pretty good idea of who's going to enjoy your experience and who's not, especially early on. Some people go down there and they just have the wrong headspace. And uh, I mean, I feel like I was a victim of that too. There be some seasons we went out where I just, I like you should never go down expecting to find love or get engaged i know that sounds ridiculous because you're going on a dating show but you have to be open to it but like i remember i went on our set our my first season of paradise and i was like i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna get engaged in the show and then it just creates so much stress and pressure and just like dating in real life it it 
it you can't put pressure or stress on something you just started so you have to really kind of like let it flow and it happens fast in paradise but that still doesn't mean that you have to put like a label on it from the very beginning so what's up what's funny is that jared went into his first season of the bachelorette being like man it'll be great if i just see the house fast forward about three months he was like i've got to get engaged from this Wow. I know, and then there's people that go on the show and they're like, they just think that they can do whatever they want. They think that it's like, oh, we go to this beach and I can do whatever I want, go wherever I want. Like, oh, you also signed up for a TV show. I don't know if you are aware of this, but there's producers <laughs> around us and cameras, and you can't just do whatever you want. They're like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then they get stressed out and mad. I'm like, you are not going to succeed down here, my friend. Yeah, Ashley, let me give you the final word. I know a lot of people are waiting to talk to you guys. Uh, congratulations to both of you, and especially for that little uh, little bundle of joy that's making the noise in the background there. Uh, but and everything now, else that's going on. Ashley, it. can you give us a website or a social media site where we can follow along uh, with your family and uh, Jared and the little guy? Yeah, so it's Ashley underscore Iconetti, my last name, and then it's Jared Haven on Instagram, and then you can follow our coffee shop and lounge, uh, which is Audrey's Coffee House. Congratulations to both of you. Uh, listen, keep up the great life. It sounds wonderful. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bachelor in Paradise, everyone. Uh, you got to check it out. And uh, again, uh, you you just heard from two people who hit the jackpot and it doesn't always happen. And you hear all the stories and, and they hit the little jackpot with uh, with their little guy there who's uh, who's adorable. If you've ever seen pictures, um, uh, what a perfect baby, Gerber baby. And you can imagine these two, are, you know, nice looking folks, as you can imagine. Right. I mean, they're 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 on a, a show called Bachelor in Paradise. You got to. Uh, you got to figure it from there. So anyway, the um, uh, tropical heat uh, they're, they're enjoying. I'm sure a lot of people watching uh, enjoy it as well. But uh, look, if you're, if you're into these type of shows, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a happy ending. Even if you're not into these type of shows, it's a, it's a happy ending thus far. And, you know, I know life's a marathon and not a sprint. But as of right now, it sounds like great things happen there, at least on, on the surface. So congrats to both Ashley Iaconetti and Jarrett Habon and uh, the two of them. Hopefully I pronounced their names right. If, uh, if not, they'll forgive me, I'm sure. They got a lot bigger things to worry about than their names being, um, I shouldn't say worry, uh, to concern themselves with. Um, you know, we got four four kids, and we went through those uh, those uh, those times. They got a lot of diapers to change, and a lot of a lot of sleepless uh, nights. So, uh, kudos to them, and uh, you know, good luck to them uh, in the future. Bachelor in Paradise Monday and Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC and on Hulu. Frank McKay signing off. Ashley and Jared have been our very special guest from Bachelor in Paradise. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with Ian Bowen. And uh, so many people know him from uh, all types of work. Teen Wolf, uh, uh, Chicago uh, PD, major crimes, breakout kings. Uh, we're talking about Yellowstone today, but I want to make a quick uh, mention. I am, I'm very into short movies. And he either wrote or he directed a great one. And it was called The Toe. And everybody should check it out. Yeah, whether you like shorts or not, it's it's quick. It's, I don't even think it's a half hour, but it is absolutely terrific. I think he might have wrote and directed it, but I saw it a couple years ago, and I just thought it was fantastic. And we got Ian here with us. Of course, he plays Ryan on Yellowstone, and that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, Ian, how are you? Oh, Frank, um, I'm very well. Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. I love that you saw the toe. Uh, that was a, a passion project, and it was a, a, it was, it was a lot of work, and, a, and I'm happy that you saw it. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, listen, you have to be thrilled with uh, what's going on with Yellowstone. It's uh, it just become one of those shows that people are going to watch for years and years and years. And when you guys are done making them, people are going to watch them again, and generations are going to uh, come through. Uh, you've got to feel you've got something special on your hands, and it's been going uh, in a special direction for a while. You know, we, I, I think everybody on the cast kn- knows and appreciates fully what it is. Um, and everyone wants to take advantage of it as best they can and, and participate and, and be the best part of it. It's such a gigantic machine with so many, you know, components and there's so many people in the cast. Um, but every little bit that everybody does adds up to the success that it is. And so we're, we're so thrilled to be doing it. We just got a SAG nomination for Best Ensemble Cast, which is a delight that the critics uh, and the union members uh, want to say to the performers, we think that you're doing good, we like the show, and that, you know, we don't need to, to win an award, but just to know that people like it on that level really makes us feel good. So we're more motivated than ever to bring you more seasons, to do more work, uh, so that it's it's the best product, and that you guys can watch it and be satisfied and happy. You know, it's it's interesting that you that you just said uh, all of that, and and I'm not surprised that uh, that uh, those kind of accolades are coming. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, of your colleagues, a lot of your your co-stars on the show, and one of the first things I say, and I don't say this about a lot of shows, is the casting people have to uh, you know take a bow on this one because the casting, I mean, from top to bottom, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, Kevin, of course great but all of you guys it's 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 a masterpiece of of casting and uh you're terrific i can't imagine anyone anyone playing ryan but you and and i can say the same about a couple of different characters on this so john papsidera is one of the most prolific casting directors in all hollywood sort of begins to put the pieces together and, and starts carving the stone out to reveal what's underneath it 
and with the showrunner creator, they come up with this essence idea of who the people are. And it's incredibly important, uh, the, the casting, which is often overlooked. It's not like you just, you know, wake up and go, call that guy, put him in it, call this guy. You have to find it all and reveal it, uh, reveal itself for you. So the cast is, is exquisitely put together. I actually read three times for the role of Jamie and I thought, you know, for sure that I was going to get this role. It obviously didn't turn out. And, and we now know only Wes Bentley could play Jamie Dutton. That's, it's just iconic. It's there forever. So I was fortunate enough that uh, between John, uh, perhaps Mary and Taylor, that they thought, well, let's, let's let have him be in this. We're not sure what to do, but let's, let's do it. And, uh, and Taylor has a way of getting the right people together in a synergy. And it's, it's quite evident in this and in 1883 and in Mayor Kingstown, uh, what happens when you get the right ingredients and cooking on the stove together. Yeah, you know it's it's amazing, and I'm I'm a non-actor, but I love to watch people's careers and and how they kind of construct it. You have a you have a terrific body of of work, but you have a, a, a tremendous amount of quality inside that body of work, which is uh, which is terrific. But uh, Mad Men, I, I think that's uh, you know like I, I thought you were absolutely terrific uh, when it uh, when it when it comes down to it. But a much different uh, role, much different arc and and length to. Uh, to the character but when you get into into these type of things you could really look at, at your career I, are you the type that plans everything out or did it just kind of flow together obviously you've, you've done a lot of work on your craft I'm not saying that but uh, as far as roles and cho- choosing roles is it something that just kind of unfolded by itself or are you a crafter it has its own time I will say when you begin acting you take every job that's offered to you because it may be the only one you ever get. You have zero control. And I'm talking, you do that for 10 years. And and then again, through the, the second decade of your career, you begin to think about how you would like your career to look if you could plot the trajectory. Uh, but you still can't, but you, you begin to think about it. I've been working, I, I got my first job over 30 years ago, and just now I have the ability to say no to a, an offer of a job for whatever reason, whereas that that privilege of saying no to something, it just doesn't happen for actors. So I'm incredibly blessed to have been there. Now I get to look at, you know, where I want to aim my own arrow and I can do that, but it took a really long time. Some people can do it, you know, early in their career because they get an overwhelming amount of success. You have to ride the wave as it is. You can't, you can't carve the water different than it's set up for you. Um, I mean, you can try to swim against it, but you've got to work with what, you know, you can't, you can't hit a curveball with a fastball swing. So once you match up with what the world is giving you, you're going to accelerate, I think, more quickly. And by hell or high water or luck or what have you, I, uh, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling right now, so I'm going to run as fast as I can. Yeah, it's it's just terrific, and and again, and we don't have time here. We got about a minute left, uh, but I I've got to I've got to say a, a career like yours is fascinating to me because I know it's it's a lot of grind, a lot of work, a lot. Of, it's not like you you uh, you got some uh, you know role that everybody recognizes you from from day one. Uh, you know, you talk about thirty years. I mean, you put together a beautiful career, and and all of its merit. So congratulations on all of that. Congratulations on Yellowstone. Anything that you want to add before we go and uh if you can before you go give us uh, give us a website or a social media site where people could follow along with you ian 
Okay, well, thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate the time. I would encourage everyone to watch Superman and Lois tonight. We have our seventh episode of season two. It's on, and it's going to take a big turn, so I'm very proud of the work that I've done with that team. Um, if you want to keep up with my world, it's at Ian Bowen on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll, you'll get a bird's-eye view into the mentalness that is my life and career. So I look forward to visiting with anybody that's interested. And thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Ian, thank you. Ian Bowen, everyone. You bet. Uh, please, please check out the toe. Uh, it is absolutely terrific. And I, and again, I'm you know I'm like that. I'm into I'm into short films, and uh, he uh, he put it together. I think he wrote and directed this. It's it's it, it it's just a cool thing to watch. It's it's quick, and it's cool. It's it's just he he put it together very nicely. Uh, you know, I love that uh, people branching out into acting and directing and. Um, very modest guy. I wish he would do more. But again, I'm into watching shorts. I, I got that short attention span, maybe, and I like to watch them back to back. Um, but yeah, I, I mentioned Mad Men, uh, Superman, and Lois. I, yeah, I should have mentioned more of that. It's um, it's uh, something he's very proud of, and the cast is very proud of, and uh, they're getting accolades that they deserve for sure. And um, uh, Ian Bowen has been our very special guest. Yellowstone is uh, his, uh, I'm telling you, that, that's his ticket to uh, to everything. Everybody on that cast is um, is is going to be remembered for this uh, for this show. It's uh, it's terrific. Frank McKay signing off. Yellowstone has been our subject, and our guest, very guest, uh, very special guest, has been uh, the guy who plays Ryan on there and that's Ian Bowen uh, Frank McKay here and I'm uh, I'm still as we record this you might hear it way later uh, but I'm still in uh, in the Ukraine and right across from the Ukraine border as we speak and I was uh, I was fortunate to get reception and uh, you know the um, the last guest I just had uh, it didn't have uh, it couldn't hear me well and it was kind of breaking up so I was thrilled that Ian uh, Ian hung in there, and had actually no problems whatsoever. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it, it, it definitely worth checking out Yellowstone, and uh, you know everything that he's been in. Uh, Teen Wolf, Chicago PD, Major Crimes, uh, Breakout Kings, terrific. And again, I don't know how many Yellowstone stars we've had. We've had uh, quite a few, and and I say it all the time: the casting is terrific. Absolutely terrific job, and they're getting recognized for the ensemble, which is uh, uh, which is something that they should be proud of. Casting uh, folks have to be for sure. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now here's your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, a terrific author, journalist, uh, best-selling author. He is absolutely great. And I think the last time we spoke where it was with the Shatner book. But uh, I, I've read so many of his books. He is the best at what he does. And if you're going to read a bio and, uh, and and really get into it, it's, uh, it's Michael Starr all the way. And uh, just uh, absolutely amazing uh, and, and a great subject here, Don Rickles. 
and it's uh, I'm, I'm ordering a, a couple because I know a I, I know a guy who loves Don Rickles. He loves the whole thing and got to meet him before he passed. And um, it's upon us right now. Get the book, Don Rickles, Michael Starr. How are you? I'm good, Frank. Thanks for having me on again. This is oh, great. Yeah, listen, thrilled to have you, uh, Don Rickles, the Merchant of Venom. Uh, uh, was this an interesting subject for you, or was it basically what you expected? No, no, very interesting. I mean, you know, I, I sort of like everybody else. I sort of knew the nuts and bolts of, and I was a huge fan, like you are, and your friend. As, as and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I think there were a lot. There were many, many Don Rickles fans out there. Um, but I did discover things I found interesting I, that I didn't know, and I think that was sort of um, everybody thinks of Don as the insult, which they should. I mean, that's how he made his his career as an insult comedian. But you know, he didn't start out that way. He really wanted to be a dramatic actor, and he had no intention of ever going on stage and telling a joke or or insulting anybody. Um, it's the way his the trajectory of of his career. That was just the way it worked out. And boy, are we lucky, right? That it worked out that way because he was a one in a million. I don't. There will never be anybody else like Don Rickles, ever. No, I and and you certainly couldn't do it nowadays. What he did, and and political correctness being what it is, and um, and cancel and and all that. Not to get into the politics of it, but Don Rickles uh, was was blessed by timing, in a sense, or he made his own timing. But uh, certainly nowadays, I don't think it would go over the same way. No, I agree with you, and, and I think you, you, you put it very succinctly, blessed with timing. I mean, not only timing on stage, obviously, but the timing of his career when he, when he, came, when he was started to make it big as a, um, an insult comic. Um, it was, the, the times were different. It was, it was acceptable then. Um, and people who came to see Don, they knew they were going to be, that was his whole thing. They knew they, they, knew they were going to be insulted. And, you know, listen, if you don't want to be insulted by Don Rickles, you know, don't pay money to see him. But that was his whole thing. And, and I think he did it in a way, it, it, it sounds kind of strange, Frank, but it was like a kindness in the way that he would insult people. It, it was, it, it was a, so, it was, it was, there was an edge, but it was a softer kind of edge. I mean, people knew that he was going to, he ripped on ethnic groups, uh, every ethnic group under the sun you can think of. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, Don, Don had a line for them and he would change it up every now and then for, for you know, depending on who he, the audience that he was playing with uh, to that night. But um, he was just, he was a beloved figure. And people, and I think people who went to see Don, particularly people who went to see Don live, and, and he picked on them, they kind of got a kick out of it because they were part of his act. They were part of, you know, the, an act of the biggest, you know, the only really insult comic in, that I know in the world. And he made them feel at home, quote-unquote, because he made them, he, he put them in the act, and, and they loved it. And his audience loved it, and... And how great was he, you know, on The Tonight Show in the 70s with Johnny Carson and, and the Dean Martin celebrity roasts. I mean, you just knew what you were going to get, and it was always funny. He never, he never seemed to me to have an off night. Yeah, and I'm with you 100% on everything that you just said there. And uh, the folks that are getting picked on, uh, you know, in public by Don Rickles, that's, that's a badge of honor. That's something that, that they tell their grandchildren about. That's not like a, uh, uh-oh, I hope he doesn't pick on me. I mean, the majority of the people there are saying, if this guy picks on me, uh, I'm going to have a story for the rest of my life. Yeah, um, I, I think in, uh, what comes to mind is Peter Isaacson. I interviewed him for the book. He was Don's co-star in CPO Sharky, which yeah. was Don's quote-unquote hit sitcom. It lasted two seasons, but Don was famous for failing at sitcoms. 
But the first time Peter Isaacson met Don, you know, Peter Isaacson was very tall. He's like 6'5 or something. You know, Don called him a moose, made fun of him. Peter was so excited that he that after he he called his parents at home, he's like, guess what? I just met Don Rickles, and he ins- he insulted me. He called me a moose. That was that was, it was you're right. It was a badge of honor. And even I interviewed Don several times of the New York Post, and you expected it. And and, and it's almost like if he wasn't going to insult you, it was going to be disappointing. He always did. For me, he always came through. But and I read a lot of interviews with um, other journalists over the years who said that they would have, you know, that he insulted them and, and they loved it. It was like, you know, and then as soon as he got that out of the way, then he could get down to, you know, promoting whatever he was going to promote in a, in a very nice, friendly way. He was friendly with everybody. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what outlet you were from, what size newspaper, what size radio station, TV station. He treated, he always knew, he always knew the person's name he was going to talk to. And he just, you felt when you spoke to Don that you knew him forever, even if you just hadn't just met him 10 seconds earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I met him and I I had a whole different impression of what he was like than than what I thought he would uh, he'd be like. And and again, it, yeah, I saw warmth there. And I met him later in in life, and I I, I you know I I didn't expect to see that. I I expected maybe to see uh, I I don't know like uh you know like a professionalism and and maybe a proud a pride in, in what he's accomplished or something like that. But it was different. I I I saw him in a very short sample size, mind you. Uh, as a very warm individual, uh, and and before you respond to that, I you know Rickles, in in so many ways is is in the same category with you know with the Rat Pack guys and uh, and and just the legends of you know I want to say Phyllis Diller you know like it, it, but there's this it's not a Rushmore because it's more than four but there's there's a, there's like ten people that that fit into a category that are just um, that are just untouchables, where they're just, you know, and again, Sinatra's in there, and and Dean Martin, and, and some of the uh, some of the Rat Pack isn't in there, and Don Rickles is. But comment on that, if uh, if you would. I mean, first of all, do you agree? There's there's like these ten legends that are that are just incomparable to everyone else, and and Rickles fits in there. I do, especially the the old guard you mentioned, like guys like Alan King, Phyllis Diller. Um, Shecky Green. These are people you mentioned their names. People just nod their heads. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so d- yes, Don was definitely uh, in 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 those in those ranks. And uh, you mentioned Sinatra and the Rat Pack. Don and and Frank were, were good friends. They met in the late fifties. And when Don was doing his nightclub act in 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 Miami Beach, there's a famous story about that. I'll leave it for the book. Sure. But um, he 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 attacked Frank unexpectedly, and Sinatra laughed, and a friendship was formed, a lifelong friendship. But yeah, Don, um, uh, he was, uh, Frank made Don a, an honorary member of the Rat Pack. You know, all the guys in the Rat Pack had these bathrobes with their names stenciled across, their nicknames. So Frank had one made for Don that said Bullethead, because that's what he called them, <laughs> Bullethead. All his life he called them Bullethead, even when they were older men. Um, so I think Don's association with Frank Sinatra was opened up many, many doors. And, and it, I think a lot of people, particularly celebrities, felt that if Frank, could laugh at Don and, and get a kick out of him, then it was okay for them uh, to, to, to feel the same way. And, you know, when, when Don first uh, was playing the nightclub, uh, the Slate Brothers in Los Angeles in the late 50s, um, celebrities, the, the Hollywood celebrities, were lining up around the, literally around the corner to get in for the 
for the um, chance to be insulted by this guy. They just, they loved it. And I think it was also, it, you know what it was, uh, Frank? It was sort of a two-way street. Like, they got insulted by Don. Sometimes it made the gossip columns, which was good for them, good promotion for them, but also it showed that they could laugh at themselves, at least outwardly, that they were, you know, they're just like us. You know, Don made fun of them and they laughed, you know, and he, he could be vicious. Um, yeah. Uh, with these people, and one of one of his good friends, who we actually did a project with later on, was Ernest Borgnine. He would rip on Ernie. You know, Ernie went back several times to the Sleep Brothers Club just to be heckled by Don. You know, he he would say, you know he'd make fun of Borgnine's looks, you know that and that sort of thing. But um, but they were they were good friends off stage, and I think Don really was um, beloved by most of his show business contemporaries, and even as we know later on by guys like Jerry Seinfeld and Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. Um, the later, the later comedians embraced him wholeheartedly. Uh, Michael, any, anything shocking to you that came out in research, anything that just made you say, wow, I never would have, you know, anything like that? Well, you know, one interesting nugget, and actually I just, I do, I never, I haven't mentioned this yet. He had a horse named after, two horses named after him. In the early sixties, there was a horse down in Miami named Don Rickles. Um, because Don was playing at a club, and the club's manager actually was a guy, the, the owner of the horse. His last name was Seinfeld. No relation to Jerry, wow. and, I, and I, kind of ironic, yeah. you know, six degrees. And and he named a horse named Don Rickles, who did pretty well actually. And there's stories in the New York newspapers of this of this horse Don Rickles. And then later on in the 70s or 80s, there was another horse named Don Rickles who performed fairly well, named wow. after Don Rickles. I was I I got a kick out of that. It was it was the headlines sometimes were funny, you know, about Don Rickles the horse and how he pulled up in the rear. And it was you know it was like unintentionally, but it was it was they were funny headlines. And uh, you know, and, and I didn't really know much about Don's um, early career where he really wanted to be a dramatic actor. Um, and I hope that that comes across in the book of how how much he really valued that, and he put that aside when his comedy career took off. But I, he was so proud when he was in Casino in 1995 with, yeah. in, in, with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in a dramatic role. He was so proud of that. And at the same time, around that same time, his movie Toy Story opened, where he was Mr. Potato Head. Wow. So he, had, he was appealing to you know, his adult audience and, and kids who didn't know who Don Rickles was. They did know then, when Mr. Winden, and he appeared in several of the sequels to Toy Story. And it was really the perfect confluence of events later in his career that kept him going until the until the end, until he passed away. I, Michael, do you have time for another quick uh, segment, or are you on the run? I kind of really you're on I, the I run. Really okay, go. that's okay. Yeah. I, hey, listen, what one last quick question? I, I I'd love to have you for a longer time in the future, especially on this subject. Uh, what what does he leave behind? And and and, and sum it up in a minute or so. Uh, I, children, grandchildren, uh, great grandchildren. What's left behind of Don Rickles? Uh, I think Don Rickles leaves a, a legacy of laughter, which which he would which I know he would love. And and a cross generational appeal, not only appealing to people who knew him as a nightclub comic and a TV comic and that sort of thing, but children today who know him as Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. And how cool is that? Just span so many different generations. And now with the magic of digital uh, uh, streaming, you can you can watch Don. You can watch Mr. Potato Head. You can watch Don on the Tonight Show in the seventies. You can watch Don. Uh, when he appeared in, the, uh, in roles in the 60s on The Twilight Zone or The Beverly Hillbillies or The Addams Family or Get Smart. So 
I think Don, he will be remembered forever, and, and much more so because now people can get a sense of, they can watch him and, and watch his work. And I hope what they'll learn in the book is that he was as beloved off screen and off stage as he was in show business. Uh, Michael, a quick website or a social media site? Oh, um, well, the book is available on all the Amazon and all the sites. And, and my my personal website is michaelsethstar.com. And the book, you can buy the book there and read about my other books, too. Michael, congratulations once again, and thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me on, Frank. Everyone get Don Rickles, the Merchant of Venom, and uh, a, a great uh, a great writer. Uh, you knew him from the uh, New York Post days, and what a uh, what a talented guy. Shot in the book was great. Uh, so many of his books were just absolutely terrific. Don Rickles, the Merchant of Venom. Uh, Michael Starr has been our very special guest. Michael Seth Starr. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.